This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. Plenty of positives, plenty to be proud of as a yo-yo season continues. After the highs of Saturday, it's defeat for a battling Bristol City side versus Coventry in the last game under the lights this season. With a very young, talented but inexperienced midfield, City couldn't get hold of the game in the first half with some overpatient build-up. And Matt, in the second half, that game could fairly easily have ended in a win, draw or a defeat. But as so often in this season, a very late avoidable goal conceded. Yeah, um, another enjoyable game in terms of, well, certainly the second half was was more enjoyable. Um, what I love about the Championship is you play against some really good sides and Coventry were a really good side. I thought the way that they moved the ball, their forward line um, and the midfield runners, I thought were excellent. Um, Gorkarez, and I probably said that wrong up front, Gave Thomas Callas a bit of a torrid time and actually more so than I've probably seen any other striker. Um, so on the balance of play, I thought a, a defeat was tough um, and probably we deserved at least a draw. Um, but yeah, it was another enjoyable game. Just a shame that it comes from a mistake like it did. Mm. Lee's three words were tough to take, which I think is uh, is fair to say. Um, yeah. A bit of admin before we bring on our guests. So... Another shout out to the online auction, which ends on Friday. So it's uh, giverGY.uk forward slash Bristol City Former Players Association. Again, look to our Twitter page at 3PIAPC for that link. Um, and that online auction was set up by former player Joe Burnell, who was a big part of the events uh, at the weekend. So big thanks to Joe. Yeah. Um, also involved Alan Miles, Chris Johnson, Matt Withers, of course, Ooh. as well. Big shout out to Matt. Um, and it was a real team effort, but uh, a couple of people involved from the club. Matt Parsons, whose birthday it was birthday yesterday. Yeah. So a big happy birthday uh, to Matt. Um, and also happy birthday today to Brian Tinian. So um, birthdays everywhere. Nice. Uh, a shout out to David Rogers as well, one of the Ashton Gate 8 who joined us for the podcast on Sunday. And what a fantastic guest, Matt. Yeah, love, lovely. I mean, um, very sort of honest, um, very accommodating, wasn't he? But overriding for me again, I kept saying it, what, what a gentleman. Um, just a really genuinely nice guy, not someone that's ever going to, you know, would never take advantage of, of the club in, and sort of his, his history. Just a, a genuinely nice guy. Yeah, it was a, a real privilege and honour to, to meet him and speak with him. Yeah. Tough act to follow today for the guest. Uh, and that is Rob. Rob, who supplies our halftime summary on a gamely basis. Rob, how are you, sir? Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Uh, like you said, a bit of a, a kick in the teeth late on last night. Um, but I thought when you invited me that we were going to win because my, my record on here is pretty good, actually, to be fair. So uh, <laughs> surprised we didn't at least hang on for the draw. Yeah. OK, let's look at the lineup for last night. Um, Matt, one change from the starting lineup on Saturday with Ben Aroos coming in for Williams. That was half expected with uh, Williams dropping out because of game time and managing back that injury. Yeah, 
<clears throat> we talked about it, didn't we? And, and I think Nigel Pearson had, had almost um, confirmed it, really, didn't he? He set that expectation. Just how young is that midfield? Um, and I think actually that was partly why the sort of performance that we had certainly early on, um, and there was a, a you know a couple of them certainly aim and faded a little bit, but good for the future, good for the future, and and another example where Nigel Pearson just has no fear about who he's putting in the team. I guess the only other option, Rob, that he had there was Zach Viner coming in. Um, I actually saw it a little bit different. Um, again, I knew Williams wasn't going to start, or that was the suggestion. I actually thought that, given the substitution on Saturday, that Cundy might have come in instead of Viner. Yeah, um, into the midfield, or, or in yeah. A, well, no defense. more. I, I think I think the role that Williams played on Saturday was almost like a third defender in front of the central okay. two. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I think almost going back to the wing backs, even if it was just a regulation back three, and I'd have also not been surprised to have uh, Pring come in for Bell. But I think he probably just wanted to reward Bell for doing the shift that he did on Saturday. Yeah, um, fair play. But yeah, so I, I was a little surprised, and I must admit, I did think it looked lightweight, enterprising but lightweight. Yeah. Okay. Right. Let's come on to the minutes then. Um, six minute. Benarus battles back to win the ball. Feeds Semenyo. Vyman on the overlap crosses, but the defender cuts it out. And a great start for Benarus, Rob. Um, showed, as you say, real real engine. He, he, I, th- I don't think it was him that lost the ball, but he, he battled back, um, sprinted round the, the attacker and, and won the ball back. So a great start for him. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, I think the energy was never going to be doubted. Um, I think as the, certainly as the first half wore on, I think it was just a case of just missing a little bit of extra bite and strength in, in midfield. Um, so, yeah, you know, a, a promising start, definitely. Yeah. And Matt, it's a reward for him after signing that new contract probably a, about a month ago now. He's had to be patient to get that first start after that news for him. I think, was it his first start in six weeks or six games? Certainly six was in there somewhere. Um, and yeah, I mean, he's he's there's no, no doubting he is a, a really tidy footballer. He's got a low centre of gravity, so um, his balance is quite good. Um, like you said, the way that he chased back for that one was was superb. But, but you know, you, you've got to, again, recognise how young he is. Um, like Rob said, I, I did feel it was a little bit lightweight in there. And, and not only lightweight, but also nobody really of any experience to help game manage, which we'll, we'll, I'm sure will come on to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I really like him. And, and whatever happens... The rest of this season is only going to bode well for Eamon, the experience yeah. he's getting. Good luck for the rest of the season, the Westbury Park Wizard. Yes. 12 minutes, lovely rendition of Twist and Shout from the Coventry fans. I thought they were fantastic all night, to be fair. Um, really, really fine voice. Um, Martin wins a free kick, Scott with a good delivery, and Andy Vyman at the back post, Matt, just heads off target. It was a dive-in header. He just didn't get enough of a whip on his header to, to yeah. get but a good cross from, from Alex Scott I, I actually thought he'd, he'd and he probably did slightly overhit it but at first viewing I thought oh that's not the greatest and then when you looked back obviously he picked the run it was a, a you imagine a training ground moving 
I kind of looked at it and thought, could he have gone with it with his feet and almost kind of tried to slide it or because it was very, very low down as a header, wasn't it? And then I, my next thought was, Christ, has he gone into the barriers at the back? But <laughs> no, it was it was no, he actually was, ended up underneath the advertising carpet. Did he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I, I can't recall. Jay, I mean, Jay took um, obviously a few corners, but I think Scott was on all of the dead ball free kicks um, with you know, mixed, a mixed bag of results really, wasn't yeah. it? But I thought that, that one was decent and it was a good effort. Well, Scott's been pretty much on, on all the set pieces since his well, debut, yeah. I think, yeah. more or less. Yeah. Um, obviously, Matty James, uh, when he was available. Um, all right, into the 15th minute, Benaru's chance to shoot, but he lays it to Masengo, who also takes a touch, does shoot, but is straight at the keeper. But Rob, both seemed hesitant to take a shot. Is that a confidence thing or just wanting to get the correct opportunity to shoot? Yeah, I, I, I picked it exactly the same. Uh, not so much on Benarus. Um I didn't really see a, a particular shot from his angle, um, but I did think instinctively when I sort of roll across to Masengo, my first thought was hit it, and then he didn't. And, and yes, he got more central to the goal, but I think the real chance was that first thing. And yes, probably with him, you'd say confidence because he hasn't scored. You know, it's it's going to be, maybe he needs to make sure. But yeah, you really do just wish at that that sort of point in time that somebody does just stick their laces through it and uh, it goes in, it goes in. But you, you've got to start taking on shots like that. Um, that comes with part of the responsibility of, of your role. Yeah. And, and if, if that means that, you know, the manager is to tell the player... I'm not going to worry if you miss, but I want you to have a go. So be it. Yeah, Matt, the, the whole crowd, you can feel it. Every time Masengo gets that opportunity to shoot, everyone wants him to get his first goal. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it was it was decent. I just, I don't know that we're ever going to see it. That's the thing. It just feels to me as though, I mean, there was a couple in the second half and then the second one he kind of snatched at and yeah, it was a, was a bit desperate. And I think um, we, we were chatting to Matt, weren't we, before when Matty Parsons about his birthday and stuff and um, we were sort of saying, oh, I've had the scores getting to run over sort of thing. So <laughs> I was hoping because of that really as well. But you, you can't question the kid's um, endeavour and, and what he wants to put in. He now does need to start finding the net or doing more from a um, an assist point of view. He can't just be a, a ratter in there. He's got to do a bit more than that. 24th minute, the goal for Coventry, Gutierrez, with the first of two assists for Marston, this one, um, who looks a threat. He looked a threat all night, to be fair. And and I looked at the finish back this morning on the, um, on the video, and it was reminiscent of, of the Corey Smith goal against Man United it sort of bounced into the same spot in the corner you know the keeper came out almost similar to um blimey who was in goal for United that day Romero Romero yeah correct um and Thank yeah you. it was it was a great it was a great ball in um it, it you know it wasn't a fact that no one closed him down he just got him found himself in space the ball comes over and and Callas wasn't close enough maybe if you if we're being ultra picky I I think that's the thing. It was the space, wasn't it? I mean, he, 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 I think they were all looking round at each other thinking, well, how's he got that much space for the, the ball in? Like you say, it's a really, really good finish. Um, there's no, you can't apportion any blame to Dan Bentley. 
Um, but yeah, it was kind of where were the centre halves picking him up? Didn't know whether it was um, Eamon's man running from midfield, um, and they were looking at that. There was people looking at Sam Bell, so it was all a little bit of a mess, wasn't it? That one. Mm. Rob, any views on the goal? Yeah, exactly that. I, I thought it had been sort of almost up until that point that the, the game felt a little bit like light sparring. Um, and then that was the, the sort of the first decisive move from either side, really. And uh, as Matt says, absolutely, it was a really good finish. There was um, lots of about, lots of patient build-up, you know, with the passing across the back, <laughs> trying to find an opportunity whether there wasn't enough movement up top what how did you what was what do you think the reason for that ball retention and and constant passing across between closer to Callas back to Callas back to the left back back to the right back you know uh, as a spectacle it didn't really get going did it no no yeah. I mean I, I I didn't get it I didn't get there, there were to, to be fair I thought Coventry set themselves really well but that's where you need runners breaking lines. Um, you know, one of the front three dropping in a little bit to sort of pick the ball. Um, but I also felt there were times that Closer had, Closer in particular actually, had a pass on and then just kind of knocked it back inside. And he was a little bit casual for he me last night. He got caught a few times, didn't he? Yeah, he was a little bit casual. I mean, there was one flick that he did during the game again um, in the first half, I think it was, wasn't it, by the sidelines. That Pearson, you know, you could see straight away, and and yeah, he just he just seemed to be a little bit casual last night. Mm. Okay. I also I also think it was um, the Williams effect um, because when Williams plays, he demands and gets the ball very early off the yeah. back too, yeah. and I think certainly at least up until the goal, I think strangely it was Alex Scott who was trying to do that role it rather was. than Han Noah. Yeah, and in terms of our effectiveness, I also think that had an effect because it, it to me it appeared that Scott was trying to do what he does twenty yards deeper than where he usually does it, and, and therefore made us less potent as well with the ball further up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good point. Thirty um, seventh minute, a poor back pass, and Antoine is in, but he drags his left foot shut well wide. Uh, that was a great opportunity, and the form that he's been in, Matt, with his goal scoring, his finishing, his blasting of the ball. I I thought that was destined for a goal. He's over the last sort of month, six weeks, however long it's been. Um, I had that confidence in him when he was through that he was going to hit the target, but unfortunately, it's dragged. There was an opportunity also to square it I think to Andy Vyman and uh, maybe he was caught in two minds that's what I was going to say he didn't I mean I've not I've not watched it back at all um he didn't seem to get the, the cleanest of connections on it which is is unusual for him of late because like you said he's been striking the ball brilliantly but Andy Vyman was absolutely crazy in the middle um and from that and then listening to a couple of the guys on the radio last night it seems as though it was a fairly straightforward ball across for a, a tap-in almost for Vyman. So, again, comes with experience. Antoine, you know, he, he played one recently, didn't he, which was was a, a really good ball um, that led to a goal. And, you know, you get that. But, yeah, I, I was really sort of surprised to see how disappointingly that move finished. Yeah. Okay, half-time summary from Rob, who is with us, but I'll read it out for you, Rob, don't worry. 
uh, all a little bit meh. We've not really got going, and it feels a little bit after the Lord Mayor show. I like that. Very nice. We've lacked bite. Williams can't be far off coming again. We certainly need to add some purpose and drive. To be threat, to be fair, neither side showed much for the first 20 minutes or so, or so, but maybe that's when we should have looked to stamp some authority on the game. All a bit powder puff until then, but now we've allowed them to get a foothold. Let's hope we can turn the tide in the second half. 49th minute, linesman on our side, that's the Lansdowne side, seems incapable of making a decision for himself. Did you, did you guys feel that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought he was useless. I actually shouted out at one point, you know, you're not on work experience, just do your job. Um, I thought he was dreadful, absolutely dreadful. There were there were balls that went out that he didn't give. There was a free kick in front of him, clearly in front of him, that he didn't give. Um, I, I, actually, I thought, and I thought the ref was poor last night as well. Um, you know, not that's not bitter grapes, um, sour grapes, um, than <laughs> bitter grapes, I suppose it's the same. Um, yeah, it's not sour grapes because um, I was saying it during the game. But yeah, him in particular, there was two occasions where neither the ref or the linesman, or the, sorry, the assistant ref, knew what to give. Assistant to the ref. Assistant to the ref. Um, assistant to the referee. Yeah, didn't know what to give, did they? So you're then sort of thinking, well, <laughs> who's making a decision here? So yeah. And, and, that, and that, that always amazes me, um, Rob, because even if you're not sure, don't dilly, just, just make a decision quickly. And and, yeah. and people will have that won't be able to say make your mind up you know just yeah. get it no, up exactly get and, up. and first half even it was even more noticeable when I think one of the Coventry players actually told the linesman sort of, um, uh, well it's ours isn't it <laughs> is oh okay okay yeah and um, <clears throat> it was um, yeah very very hesitant the thing where I think we missed a trick and it comes to perhaps again the experience is at least go to the ball, make it look like we think it's ours. Absolutely, Not, yeah. You know, when, when we walk away, we actually ultimately then make it easy yeah. for them. There was one There was one in the second half, it was a, it was our corner, and no one demanded it or picked the ball up and ran to the corner flag before the decision was made. It was like, let's wait for the linesman and see what he's going to do, rather than, that's our ball. Yeah. Get yeah. the ball, run to the corner, and crack on. There was, there was also another one in the second half where... Um, I don't know if it was, yeah, it was Cam Pring's challenge. Um, it looked from the south stand like it was a corner. It got given as a goal kick, but actually Cam had already started walking back to get his position in the box. So again, similar sort of thing. Yeah. And you see it all the time, don't you? You see you see players actually kick the ball out with no one near them, putting their hand up, going, our ball. Yeah. Um, and yet, whereas tight like that, we just don't seem to... And that game patch, that comes with experience. Young team comes with experience. 52nd minute, I've written, the linesman must have seen me typing the message before because he does give a decision, gives a free kick for obstruction on Sam Bell. It's a decent delivery from Alex Scott and Semenyo rises really well to head the ball, but it's denied by the crossbar. Uh, Matt, we haven't seen uh, a lot of rising and heading from Antoine Semenyo, so continuing to add to his game. Really, really strong, powerful header, where it, and, and it was a good leap and he sort of hung. The only thing with it was he headed it straight, didn't he, and not down. If he heads that down, it's a goal. Um, I'm not even sure there was anyone on, on the line picking there. And it's important to say as well with Sam Bell, um, got forward really well at times last night. A couple of good crosses, a couple that didn't quite work out. Um, but I felt that he gave us that... Um, 
that impetus at times. Um, I'm not like I say. I'm not, he's he's clearly not a, a full back, a wing back, whatever you want to say. But I thought his endeavour last night and the way he got on the front foot, clearly a booking that um, block last night and wasn't given. Mm. Um, he, he ended up booking Semenyo and their number five or whatever for handbags. Yeah. And you look at that mm. and think you've got a young lad there who gets absolutely taken out. And I don't think he even spoke to the bloke. But no, it was it was your point about the header. It was a good header and a game. Antoine should be doing that. He's a big lad. Mm. So Rob, not only is Sam playing fullback. But he's predominantly left-sided, and don't get me wrong, he's his right foot is is as good as his left foot, but he doesn't look like a fish out of water. No, he doesn't. But in, interesting hearing both of you, I I got a slightly different take on that, and and maybe this was the moment that you just explained that was the difference. But I think up until then, the way I was viewing it was. Uh, he looked like a player who was hesitant to go forward, probably because he was in a back four. And I, and I did feel it, if it was a back five, he might feel more confident in abandoning his post, if you like, and becoming more of a threat down the right. Um, so, I, so I think maybe because of the game situation, that kind of forced his hand a little bit. But I almost equally thought, I wish he was a bit more unleashed. Yeah, yeah. I, I, fun, funnily enough, I, I actually thought he was kind of bombing on, and, and actually a couple of times was caught in the the position. You're, you're right around the hesitancy of do I go, do I stay, and because he didn't do either, ended up getting caught, and they were then in behind. Um, but early on, I thought there were a couple of sort of runs that he did. Like I said, his crossing didn't quite work out, but you've got to say it's not a natural position for him, is it? So yeah. yeah. 61st minute, the section 82 is bouncing after a short corner routine. It's Alex Scott with a 1-2 with Jay De Silva. He tees the ball up to the back post. Weinman with a, a great assist, heads the ball across the six-yard line and Martin heads home for 1-1. Matt and the crowd go wild. Brilliant goal. Really good move. Um, you kind of get a little bit with these short corner routines at times where you think, oh, just get the ball in the bloody box or one nil down. But yeah, really good move. Um, great delivery. Vyman sort of peels off. Um, a perfect header back across. And Chrissy Martin, who I thought was excellent last night, um, got the goal that his, his performance deserved. So yeah. And then we were right on top. And I, I thought there's only one winner here. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Rob... Alex Scott's deliveries, that was one of the best, obviously, because it found, found a man. Um, but we'll come on to the one right at the end of the game, which is our sort of last opportunity. But it's good to sort of mix up those corners, isn't it? Short and long, etc. Yeah, and, and there were there were a few that um, Jay took last night as well on some of the free kicks, some of the corners. Um, not with the greatest of effect last night. And, and equally from Alex Scott, a bit of a mixed bag. But that sort of cross, that, and we've talked about it before, that sort of cross that has the the extra sort of swaz on it or a little bit of fizz on it does does make a big difference. Um, it wasn't a floated Vyman had to get up and beat a man. It was it was quite directed at him, a strong header, and, a, you know, Martin couldn't, couldn't miss. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see. Again, I do think you have to mix it up, whether it's the taker, um, whether it's, like you say, short or long. You've obviously got to keep people guessing. 
And to be fair, on the direct corners, it's not as if we, we've been resoundingly successful. So why not? Just after that, we saw, I think, the second of two Callas throws. I won't say long throws, um, but there was the attempt of a long throw and he just couldn't seem to wind up his arms quite as much last night, Matt. Yeah, the ball sort of slips out a couple of bits. There was there was one in particular in the first half, which I'm not even sure it reached the edge of the box. Mm. Um, which is you know that's going to happen. But I didn't I didn't know what was the score last night with Callas. For for me, our best header of the ball. But on all of our corners, he sat yeah. back. Yes, I was going to um, say that. Yeah, like Joe Williams was doing that the weekend. So whether they felt that they needed one of the two centre halves there, but. For me, I would have had closer sitting back, maybe because I suppose Callas is quicker. Um, but you're or, right. Or did, Sam Bell and Jada Silva. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess you want you want a bit of physicality there, I suppose. But yeah. Um, also, yeah, it, also it wasn't worth, quite working, was it? Also worth picking up on, and, and I know historically City fans have always cried out for this. I remember uh, a guy back in the Dolman days used to always shout at every defended corner. Stick someone on the halfway line. <laughs> um, now, yesterday, ironically, when we actually got our equaliser, Coventry had two players, two attackers, pinned on the halfway line. Yeah. So that might also be a reason why perhaps we didn't load as much yesterday. It was purely down to counteract their tactic. Yeah, but all the same you want Callas and Closer in the box you know you've got Hando Masengo you've got Jada Silva Sam Bell you know all smaller than those guys you know yeah. that's not always the case because people have got different jumping ability but yeah a bit of a bit of a strange one um 69th minute great strength from Semenyo puts it across Vyman arrives a little bit too late to get over it Matt that was um an opportunity but I think Vyman arrived at pace yeah. And not quite in time with the cross. It's, it's the one on the penalty spot one, and Masengo was there as well. And I, I don't know whether he slightly got in his way. Um, and yeah, Vyman couldn't get his sort of foot over the ball, didn't it? Just sort of bloomed up. But good, good running, um, good ball, and we were we were a real threat at that stage. It did look like we're going to get a second here. It's coming. Yeah, seventy three minutes gone, and Coventry danced through City. Um, and forced a great save from Dan Bentley, Rob. Um, Bentley made a couple of good saves last night. Yeah, um, I think the, the noticeable thing with Bentley saves is he really does have a very sort of, sort of strong arm. You know, if, if something's saved, he, he really gets locked arms behind it. Um, it. It's not sort of fingertip stuff. He really does seem to sort of um, bolster up for it. Interestingly enough, I was I was having a, a chat to uh, my mate Kev at the time talking about is Williams a safety valve that we could apply at this stage, or as Pearson think, you know what, I need to put Iman or whoever through the experience and see if they can do it without Williams. And it was at that at that point where we'd probably been about five, ten minutes probably five minutes back under pressure, if you like. Yeah. And, and Williams was the obvious move. And they, he kind of did it 10 minutes later. I think it got, became too much. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, the school of thought was actually let them ride it out and see if they can do it. I, I genuinely thought Williams should have come on at 60 minutes. And, and when we were on top, we win the game with Joe Williams on there. A bit like um, the plan. I thought, the I thought plan it was too of... late 
Yeah, the plan a couple of weeks ago, Matt, a couple of games ago, where yeah. Masengo was going to play 60 and then Joe Williams was going to come on. And Iman's influence on the game just wasn't there at that stage. Um, we actually, there was a, a lot of talk around us around making the sub at halftime. We thought that 1-0 down, yeah. that Joe Williams would come on when we got back in it. And Rob makes a really good point. It, it's, again, experience. They may believe they're safe now and so we can kind of do that a little bit. Um, I don't, actually, I don't think that's a Nigel Pearson way of thinking at all. But I was surprised Williams didn't come on. Because um, what what did he come on for? 76 minutes, something like that? Come on to that now. Yeah. 75th minute, Benarus off, Williams on, uh, Bell off, Pring on. So, yeah, that comes with 15 minutes to go. Although I'm not sure what Downsy was saying, because everyone was confused what was going on. I think Scott of... Scott was <laughs> Scott, Scott was down injured, wasn't he? Um, and he and came he to the halfway line, didn't he? Yeah. Limped yeah. off. So yeah. there was that that was the reason for the confusion, I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 80th minute, Vyman looks like his tank is empty to me. People forget he's only a few months post-return from his ACL injury, and he's played pretty much every minute. Wells and Conway are both on the bench, fully charged, ready to go. For me, I would just freshen that up with with ten minutes to go. Uh, Rob, to you first. I can't. I can't see any argument. Why not, Patch? I think you you've articulated that right. Um, it it didn't feel like it so much yesterday. Um, I have felt that a lot of times recently. Where exactly that? Let's freshen it up. I think the subs, as 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 we've all said, the ones that needed to be made were probably made a quarter of an hour late and that was Pring and Williams. I didn't so much think about the front. Um but yeah I think you make a good point that why not? As long as you're not going to do any uh, damage the other way. Give would give you, the you know give the opposition something new to worry about. Who would you have taken off Rob? Which of the three? <laughs> well I didn't I didn't pick up on Martin but that uh, sorry I didn't pick up on Vyman but that's a, a good argument. Um Traditionally, you, you'd probably think, again, on the basis of tiring, you, you'd probably think Martin. The, the one I wouldn't take off is Semenyo, just because I think he just gives people an, an additional threat to worry about. And at the moment, he is banging form in terms of that threat. Yeah. That's not to say, as I said, Martin or Weinman did anything wrong, um, but that's where the legs are going to go more likely, one of those two. I just felt with Martin in particular, we, we went a little bit, not not route one, but we were finding him more and he was winning an awful lot of headers. I'm going to have to look as well in a, in a minute, unless you boys can recall it. But I saw an article in the Bristol Live this week about Chris Martin and the amount of um, headers or aerial challenges that he's won. And I think it's the most in the championship, more so than even, um, is it Kyle Bartley at West Brom, the centre half? It was like yeah. a, an, an astonishing stat. Um and I thought I've got he was, it here, Matt. Have you got mate? Yeah, I yeah. Guess. It was. Um, it was basically. It says it was true to a point as those twenty-three successive games clearly tempered how consistent an impact he could have from one game to the next. But it also helped set a template for how Vyman and Semenya are now profiting, along with the physical hits he takes in competing for headers. He still leads the championship with a remarkable 476, 179 more than West Brom's Kyle Bartley in second. Wow. Which is incredible, isn't it? So so shows, I mean, it's it's 
head aerial challenges so it's not that he's won them or anything like that but shows just how much work rate and what he has to get through and I thought he was causing them all sorts of problems last night and and winning a lot of balls that Vyman and Semenya were going in behind but I also when we, we were talking passing the car on the way home I get the fact that when you've got Wells and Conway fresh legs and you've run you know they've the, the Coventry back line will run ragged for a bit in that mm. second half. It probably would have made sense to make a change up there. There's a great chance in the 85th minute. It's a great through ball from Semenyo um, into Martin, who gets the ball quick enough, but the keeper comes out equally as quick. Um, and he just can't get that little dink over the top, Rob. I think that's probably what he's going for. I oh, know. Um, yeah, keeper closed it down before it really even became a chance. Um, it was one of those that gets you gets you excited, but had he have managed to get that away before the keep came out? Um, interesting enough, I don't know if both of you realised, I only found out when I got home, um, having uh, flippantly sort of uh, blamed Steve Grizovich for coming out, uh, it was actually Simon Moore, yeah, was who, on loan who we, we had previously. Um yeah. Was I, it just on? Was it just on loan that we had him? Yeah, yeah, just on loan, and I'm pretty sure he saved the penalty away at Warsaw. Right. Um, yeah, I'm sure. He was did. it not Steve Grzovic? Is that what you're telling me? No. Yeah. Again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or oh, Magnus. A... What was the other one? Magnus Hegnesson. Oh yeah. Did they had. I think, like I think, I think Les Seeley might have turned up there. Oh, yeah. Well. yeah. Well, let's list Coventry goalkeepers. <laughs> um, okay. So here we go. 88th minute. Masengo passes to Williams, but it's short. And Coventry on the break. Masengo still has chance to take Hamer. I think it was down when he catches him and he threads the ball through to Gutierrez, who slides it under Dan Bentley for a goal. And it's 2-1. And it's another late goal conceded. Matt, how did you see that goal? Got it. Gutted. I mean, you, you've, you've said it exactly what it was. It was a short ball. I think Williams was kind of a little bit caught. I'm, I'm not. I'm not as critical of Han for the short ball. I'm more critical that he didn't then take the booking. Because um, it would have only game. been a booking, wouldn't it? Because yeah, yeah, he wasn't the last man. I mean, anything. as long as he doesn't, you know, two foot him in drop kick his, to the his head, mid, his mid rift or anything. But it was, and, and again, I think it's a situation where, and there was one in this. In it might have been after that that Joe Williams did on the sidelines where the guy got past him and he pulls him back. He just needed to do it. Now, there's also an element of, it seemed like the Red Sea part in. I mean, like I said, he gave Callas a, a huge problem all night. Um, but it seemed a fairly clear run it goal for him in, and he finished tidily past Bentley. But I've seen a few tweets this morning, people saying that that's a, that's a few goals we've conceded because of Han losing the ball in midfield late on. I don't, I don't, I'm not a statistician to know whether that's the case, um, but it was a poor goal to concede. Um, he, he obviously holds his hands up, but what? Yeah, it's a mistake, wasn't it? But he, the biggest mistake was he didn't then rectify it by taking the book in. Yeah, Rob, it's um, it is a it is a mistake, uh, but they all take it as a team quite rightly. Um, if that goal doesn't go in and that mistake isn't made, we're having we're having a different conversation, I think. Um well, this we're, we're probably talking about one two minutes after that, I expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Given exactly. our current run. But no, it's um I, I picked up on the same thing as Matt. And like you say, Matt, whether it's borne out in stats about Han, no, I don't know. But 
I've heard a few things you've said, and, and I've agreed um, this morning because I do think there are still mistakes in his game, certainly, um, to a degree that is the player he is. I think in a midfield three that it was yesterday, we can't afford that. In a midfield that gives you what Williams brings and what Scott brings, yes, you probably can afford that. But equally, um, I'm starting, starting to think, and this is quite a sort of controversial thought, is, you know, two years ago, I remember Han Noah at Fulham absolutely setting the world alight. And he's had, let's say, two or three games this season, similar to that. Matt references one at Derby last season where opposition fans are waxing lyrical about him. Preston this season, yeah. Preston this season. Um, So does he need, you know, that's great, but if it is only a handful of times in a season and there's also a handful of times he's making mistakes that can be costly and he's not getting assists and he's not getting goals, at what point do you think, you know, because this does happen with some players, that they just don't develop any further and and that is what they are. Um, I guess, yeah, it's a, it's a good point, Rob. He's, he's 20 and that, I think that that has to come into it. He is 20, mm. playing in the Championship. I can't think of too many other 20-year-olds playing the minutes that he's playing, having some of the impact he is. I mean, we're lucky we've got an 18-year-old doing it or 19-year-old Alex Scott. But you're right, he, he, he has to... He's getting to the stage now where he's got to start doing that little bit more and cutting those elements out of his game. Um, and it's... it's we, we I mean, we've all played to a level... It's where he, where he makes the mistake and the timing of that mistake as well. It wasn't like we were going forward with the ball and he's trying to play a, a ball that gets cut out. It's actually a pretty straightforward pass back to Williams, isn't it, to keep us you know in possession. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I know, I, I know what you're saying, Robin. It's funny, it, um, there was a couple of phone calls last night and obviously he's got a year left, I think, after the, this season finishes. If they don't tie him down, they, they are going to look to to try and sell him in the summer. We're not. We don't want another Famara situation. The you know the Mark Ashton, yeah, Mister Lansdowne's prepared to mm. let him go and get the value from him on the pitch, which obviously didn't happen. Um, we can't afford to do that with with any of the youngsters. Um, so it will be really really interesting to see what happens. Okay, and, and I think I think your point about him being twenty that that really is fair. And I was almost, as I said, almost playing devil's advocate yeah. there because you, you do just want a little bit more and maybe it'll take him another season or two. But like you say, Matt, if if we don't tie him down, it probably won't be us who'll be finding out anyway. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not one for, for castigating sort of players um, anyway, but if Zach Viner makes that mistake last night, Zach Viner's probably, you know, like David Beckham back in the World Cup days yeah. with, do you know what I mean? It's And it's that kind of thing. Han is so popular. Yeah. But he's got to cut that out of his game. He can't afford to do it. I, th- I think sometimes he just turns turns the wrong way. Yeah. Quite quite often he, he sort of get head down. He beats the man that he's he's got, but he's turning into trouble. Um, so it's, it's maybe just having that wider awareness out, outside of, you know, the immediate. 
Okay, 91st minute. Uh, it's another chance. Williams' ball comes in, and it's, this time it's closer who heads wide. Uh, Matt, you were probably in the best position to tell us how closer that was. Sorry, was it in my toes, Sam? Um, not that close. Oh, really? It looked, <laughs> it looked a lot closer to me. Yeah, not that close. Good good header, um, and the keeper died for effect, but yeah, it was a good three or four yards wide. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then the Scott free kick right at the death uh, is behind all the City players. And I think Nigel Pearson picked picked up on that one. Um, and any chance of a final chance goes begging. So it's a 2-1 defeat. I think that's cons- a consistent win-loss, 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 win-loss for a number of games now. Um, so, Matt, at least you'll get to see a win up at the City ground on Saturday. Well, let's see. Um, <laughs> but I think... I'm right in saying that's no back-to-back wins this season. I don't think that. Uh, I, I, think I think it's think for that. the whole of Pearson's tenure, isn't it? So that, if, which, in which case, that would be 50 games. Yeah, which is a, it's, it's an incredible stat. And that's so, a year to the day. Year, I think yesterday. Yesterday it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, um, was. Nigel Pearson. But um, Matt, let's come on to your ratings. We've got uh, yeah. 15 minutes left to play with. Okay, I expect a few challenges on here because um, even when me and you were talking, two-footed. <laughs> yeah. Even when me and you were talking in the car last night, um, n- not that we were disagreeing, but we had different opinions. Proper old so fight, we, didn't we? We were disagreeing, yeah. So Dan Bentley, um, I've gone six. Um, he did make a couple of good saves. Um, so could have been a seven. Um, but, you know, we conceded two goals. And actually the saves he made, I would expect Dan Bentley to make. Um, so, yeah, I've gone six. Happy with that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jay De Silva, I think it was arguably Jay's best performance last night. Um, I thought he looked really, really good on the left-hand side. I thought some of the... He seemed to have three players around him at points and still came out with the ball and showed his quick feet. Um, It's a player whose attitude seems to have changed considerably, um, is now on the bus. Um, and I thought it was a really, really good performance from Jay, both defensively and going forward. So I went eight for Jay. I um, I'll, I'll challenge that one, but I take, I agree with what you're saying, Matt. Um, to make to make things simple, I would say all players, um, not all players actually, because I've probably got a five in there. But I I would have said, and it was hard to pick out. I'd have said the majority of that team were just sevens and sixes throughout yesterday. I, I, I did see people exactly like you say, the silver would possibly be the one I'd put a star by as potential man of the match. But I still think it was only a seven in a losing cause. Um, yeah, so for sevens and sixes for me, I think eight's probably a bit over the top. Okay, Patch? Yeah, I think I think seven as well. I think a home, a home defeat. I know, Jay, it, yeah, I completely agree. Jada Silva had one of his best games, and I think he, I think he was probably my man of the match, alongside maybe one other person was contending for that. Um, but yeah, I think I think seven. Okay, um, close and Callas have gone sixes. Um, as I said, I thought Callas got a bit of a torrid time from from. Um, can you say his name, Patch? Because you say it so well, Gutierrez. Gutierrez. Um, did I want to go to a five for either of them? Because I didn't think necessarily that, as I said, closer was a little bit casual at times, a little bit wasteful at times. Um, I think Callas Callas outplayed closer for me out of yeah. the two. Um, 
So would, I would. Would closer be a five, or would Callus be a seven and closer a six, or? Rob, over to you. Um, I don't think either was sevens. No. Yep. So if, if you were slightly doing it, maybe like you say, closers errors last night were noticeable. Yeah. I'd, I'd be happy with two sixes, but yeah, if you were dropping yep. one down, maybe closer to a five. Two sixes then. Um, Alex Scott, I've gone seven. Thought about an eight, um, but in terms of what Rob's sort of saying, I, I get that. Um, listening again on Radio Bristol, um, I don't know if it was if it was Ed Hadwin or if it was Chris Honor, um, but someone sort of certainly referenced about an eighteen-year-old boss in the midfield. I'm not sure I agree that he bossed it from an entire game point of view. I thought boss bossing it is what Joe Williams. Correct. demanding yeah, yeah. the ball exactly yeah yeah um and, and again with alex young lad probably not as vocal as, as joe williams would be alex there was, was just scooping everything up yeah there was some there, and there were some fabulous moments from him as well but yeah so I, it was a seven um yeah yeah, yeah. i'm an I, I toyed with five i went with six um i thought he he was full of endeavour. I mean, you, you referenced the challenge in the first half, which was superb um, to, to go racing back. Did we get enough going forward and enough kind of creativity there? Probably not. Um, he had one shot in the first half, which he took. It was just never, you know, it had to have been a worldie. So I didn't want to be too harsh. Could be a, could be a five, but I went six. I'd, I'd go five, not, be, not being harsh because, like, you know, it's not easy for him, but yeah. if you think about the midfield control, you're giving Scott a seven. Yeah. I would have given Masengo a seven by the mistake bringing him down to a six. Yeah. And, and I think the difference was that the third element, which is Benarus, if we're not gaining control when you've got sevens playing alongside, yeah. there's a weak link. And, you know, sadly for him, he was the weak link. And that's yeah. why I would dropped to a five, but yeah. Uh, I mean, no, I, I, yeah. I'm a six, yeah, six for Benarus. Right, okay. Um, Han Noah, exactly like you've just said, I've gone six, would have been a seven, but the mistake is is hugely costly. So, yeah, six. Um, Sam Bell, I've gone six, um, and it's the last game I'm going to make any kind of um, excuses, the wrong word, but, but the fact that he's a player who's not used to that position, um, you know, He's got to get better delivery when he's going forward and he has to make those decisions better in terms of do I go, do I stay? But I thought there were a lot of really positives from him. And for you, Patch, and on our initial discussion last night, he was he was up there with your man. Yeah, I I I'd be making a case for a seven for him. I thought I thought he was coming forward really well, taking taking chances, um and defending well as well. And this is what's his second start. Actually, it's his third start. I think I heard someone point out that he did start a game last season, yeah. but came off injured after like 10 minutes or something. Um, oh, he did, didn't he? Yeah, he got yeah. A, a hammy, didn't he, fairly early yeah. on? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's second start, we'll, yeah. we'll call it for this season anyway. Um, and he just was sort of playing without fear, although, as you said, Rob, earlier, a little bit of, um, you know, maybe a, a confidence thing around whether to go forward. Um, but... I, I'll go seven. Obviously, Matt, you've gone six. So it's over to Rob. Yeah, sorry, Patrick. I'm a, I'm a six on that one. Sorry, Sam. I, I don't think he was uh, as influential as others. Um, you know, if you go to silver seven, I think the silver was a much stronger performance. Yeah, no, that's fair. Okay. Um, Andy Vyman, I've gone six. 
um, lots of endeavour, um, you know, but what, what I expect, didn't think it was anything anything more than that. Antoine, I've gone seven. I thought he was a threat and did cause them problems. Um, obviously, had the header that hit the bar, a um, couple of other shots. Um, and then Chris Martin, maybe controversially, but was, was eight and my man of the match. Um, if not, I'd go seven and my man of the match. I thought Chris Martin, in particular in the second half, was just a constant threat. Got the goal, um, got us back in it. And I just thought he was, yeah, I thought it was a really good performance from him. Any challenge for you on those three, uh, Rob? Some, totally agree. first half. Yeah, I would, I would be going two sevens on Antoine and Martin. My man of the match, see it differently, which is fair enough. Probably, as I mentioned, either Jay, Alex Scott, or Semenyo again still. Um, but that's not, as I said, fine margins. Yeah. I just think Actually, for me in the first half, Semenyo could have been a bit more mobile um, and had a, made a bit more space. Uh, so, so yeah, uh, if it wasn't for, you know, a couple of a couple of bits of skill... So, three, three or four bits of skill in the in the second half. He, he's got that to a seven. So we've but... got two two sevens for Semenyo because me and yeah. Rob have gone for it. Yeah, I've got I've gone eight. Martins, Rob's gone seven. So what are you going, Chris Martin? Yeah, I'm gonna happy with an eight. I think he's taken um taken a bit of not a bash in, but you know, I I think I I every time I think it's time for him to have a rest, he comes up with a performance yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, because when he did have that rest, he came back much stronger. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's an interesting one with Chris Martin, isn't it? Yeah. So that's a six point four five for the game that, yeah. that we lost, admittedly. Yeah. But I did think it was. I mean, Nigel Pearson came out after the game and said that he thought it was actually one of the best performances. Best performances. Yeah. yeah. Which you know. What about um, Nigel? I'm torn between a six and a seven because it's a defeat at home, but again, blood in youngsters. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm with you, Patch. I think the fact that he's not introduced Williams and Pring uh, and we've gone on to lose the game. Or Wells um, and Conway. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't be going higher than a six. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Cool. Okay, lovely stuff. Um, got uh, quite a few tweets. I... I... I had to take a little video, just a short five-second video of uh, the Section 82 bouncing bouncing around. It's always a great sight to see. Um, so, yeah, congratulations to those guys and everyone else. Everyone everyone played their part. Uh, some tweets came in. Dr. Dean Allen, plenty of positives from a second-half display that should have been uh, given Bristol City at least a point. Uh, why didn't Masengo commit a foul, though, to prevent the attack following his mistake? Again, we need to be more streetwise to see out the games on to Saturday. Um, there was there were some more tweets here, but just come on to just come on to Saturday, Matt, and the the Forest game. Do you see many changes in terms of the the lineup? Joe Williams maybe coming back in. You probably, probably exactly that. Probably that one change. I didn't seem to see any injuries last night. Um, so yeah, I would expect it to be the the same side with with Joe Williams coming in to start. Yeah. Just in, interestingly, just reading in, um, Chris just put a, a note in one of our WhatsApp group. Sky Blues Mark Robbins uh, boss Mark Robbins told BBC um, CWR, 
It wasn't our best performance, but it was one of our best results. That was one of our toughest games of the season, so it was a fantastic result. Oh, wow. Nigel, Nigel Pearson has done a brilliant job with Bristol City, and his team are a totally different proposition to last season. Their front three cause problems, and they have some exciting young players with a desire to do well. We had to play well. We were a bit fortunate at times, but we kept going and always looked like creating chances. Gus Hamer has been involved in both goals. He re- his return to the team was very important. He set up the last one with composure to pass to Victor, who looked out on his feet at times but produced a quality finish. Obviously, Victor, Victor what? Victor Gucares. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, set me up. Thanks. Um, uh, easy, easy to say when you win games, isn't it? And be be nice about what, your opposition. What, but what, Gucares? <coughs> Gucares is easy to say. Yeah. Um, so the, but, after, yeah. off the back of the three words from from uh, Lee Williams, Bradders, who I guess is a friend of his. Um, who's a Coventry fan? We've be, we've been on the end of a few of them this season that are tough to take. Um, it's not great when it happens. Thought you guys played well. Could have couldn't have complained at any of the three possible results tonight. And Lee came back with, "Yep, yeah, strange game. Agree. Could have gone anywhere. We struggled with your lad with the headband. One of the best leading the line I've seen down here this year. Really helps your midfield to play off him. Good noise as well from your fans. Again, one of the best followings this season. Yeah, they were they were good throughout, and even when they when we equalised. And I wish we had this resilience. Um, you see it in some fans, don't you, that they just literally don't stop. And they, they were a credit last night, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we'll leave it there. The the working day is about to start for us. So um, it is. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Any final bits of admin from anybody? Um, enjoy your stag weekend. Thank you. Not yeah. not your stag weekend, but the stag <laughs> weekend that you're yeah. on. No, I've had that. Looking forward to that. But uh, yeah, so Saturday's game, I, I may or may not be catching a little bit of, dependent on the situation. Um, but uh, I'll certainly catch up with the highlights, the, the extended highlights. And Matt, you can talk me through the highs and lows of, of that game talk on Monday. Monday, yeah. Yeah, excellent. Great stuff. Okay. Thank you, everyone. Oh, I have got a little bit of admin, actually. So um, on the on the regular show uh, of Three Peeps in a Podcast, I had a great interview the other day with Andrew Billingham, who was CEO of Bristol Sports for four years, was involved in the redevelopment of Ashton Gate. So some, some, some stories on that. And now he's looking at the YTL Arena, CEO of the YTL Arena. YTL Arena, um, a new music venue, um, taking over the Brabbers and Hangers at Filton. So find out all about that. And he had a great story about the Adidas Predator, which he was involved with um, in the uh, getting that to market. So check that podcast out. And uh, coming up soon, over the coming weeks, I'll release those Robins Reunited's with uh, Trevor Tainton and Jerry Sweeney. Jeff Merrick and Dave Rogers and Julia Marshall and uh, Peter Aitken. So do look out for those and uh, we'll be back soon. Take care, everyone. Thanks, Cheers. Boys. Thank you. See you, Rob. <laughs>